Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You ready? I love cats. Oh my okay. god, I'm so super excited. There's so many. Is there so many? Literally. Should so we go they in? just have them in here, yeah. roaming about? Yeah. Living their life. Living their best life. Love it. Right, let's go. <laughs> let's do this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There we go. Thanks. Let's get some. Here you go. Um, Lottie, thank you so much for joining me on Headstrong. Thank you for having me at the Cat Cafe as well. I know. We are I love this. This cafe. is so cute. I know. They're being very, very sweet. Oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's so sweet. It is um, so I'm cute. really, really excited to have oh. you on. Are you going to come up? I think he just wants a treat. I know. Yeah. I'm just being used. Oh. But uh, as you know, Headstrong is rooted in mental health. Yes. And I know that you're really passionate about that. Yes. And you talk about it a lot. I do. And an advocate for it. So thank you thank for joining you for me. But I'm me. also really conscious that I don't want to ask you things that you've been asked before. Um, and I just think that oh. it's a great, what a great place to do it. You, yeah, you, you messed up by having me with the cats. I know. Because now I'm not going to be listening to you for the whole time. Oh, God. I mean, what about, let's go straight in in terms of growing up. Yeah. Did you have, did you have pets growing up? I did have pets growing up. So I had a cat when I was born, but she died quite early. And then, oh. And then I had a dog yeah. um, because my mum grew up with English setters. So she wanted an English setter and she had a hunting dog. Um, but the one that we got was a show dog. So he was completely different in character. Ah. And he was, oh, OK. Oh, OK. No. This is hilarious. <laughs> oh, OK. Oh, uh, uh. Um, but yeah, so I grew up with an, a cat and a dog. Yeah. When I was when nice. I was younger. So I had animals around me all the time, which I quite liked what, what was what was childhood like for you in terms of growing up because but I mean both of us are lucky enough to come from a privileged background but well, in the same breath do you know what? You... people think that I came from a rich family and I actually didn't <laughs> my parents are middle class I guess but not um not wealthy as such like I I started working very young mm. 
Um, we lived in a place called Lindfield in, in, um, in West Sussex. And it's, it's a lovely town. Like I grew up in a very nice way. Like my parents were incredible. Um, but they, my dad retired when he was in his, in his 60s. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh my God, <laughs> so cute. Um, my dad retired when he was in his 60s. So I, and he had me when he was in his 50s. Mm. So he retired when I was quite young. So then it was just my mum with the income and my dad had his pension. Um, so yeah, we didn't grow up with that much money. Um, but I started working when I was about 15, sort of 16 years old. And um, from then, yeah, I was making a lot of money. <laughs> but yeah, my parents were never rich, but it's such a common misconception. People always are like, you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth. I'm like, actually, I paid for my private school as well. Oh. Naughty. <laughs> Very naughty. I paid for my own private school. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, so I, um, I went when I was 17. So when you leave secondary, I went to uh, private school um, for the last two years and I paid to go. That's amazing. Yeah. So I think it's a common misconception about me. But yeah. No, no, no. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of, were your parents supportive then of you getting into work and like working from a young age? 100%. Yeah. Like I think... I think they thought, because I was so excited about it when I first started out, so I think they were just excited for me being excited. Mm. And it, it does, from the outside, I will say, like, it looks very exciting. But I think I didn't quite realise the pressure and all of the things that would actually come with modelling. And I think it is quite weird that they don't really tell you, your agents or your management, they don't actually really inform you very well on what it's actually going to be like when mm. you start modelling. And the the different pressures, um, which I'd wish I'd been a little bit more clued up on because mm. as a young girl going into an industry like fashion, where it's you know all about how you look and how people see you and who you're wearing and who you're surrounded by, I have never been someone who cared about sort of like looks and things like that. Like I never really cared about what I, like I cared about what I ate in the sense of like, you know, I would, I would eat healthily and things like that, but I didn't care about, oh, if I wanted a cake, I'd eat a cake. Like I was never worried about those sorts of things. And I think when I started modeling, it really made me worried about like what I was eating because they were mm. very, they would be very mean to me about, you know, who like what I was wearing or things like that. And I was so young, so I would show up to castings and like leggings and things like that. And I was not really, I didn't really know about fashion. I was super young, I was still at school. Just go and comfy. I would show up. I would just go comfy, or you know, I didn't realize that you had to look a certain way. Yeah. And I'd show up, and I remember showing up to my agency in New York, my old agency, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, you can't wear that." She was so mean to me. I like honestly felt like crying. I was like, because I didn't know. And she was like, "You're going to have to go through this, you know, box of clothes, and find we'll find you something out of there." Like, gosh, you imagine if she turned up like sort of humiliating me in front of like the whole office. And I was like, oh my gosh, and that was the sort of the beginning of it. And I just became very trodden down by it. So I would just follow the rules after after a while. And I got a stylist. I got a personal trainer at 18. Like I was very mm. much like, you know, we are going to shape you into this and that's what you're going to be. I mean, there's quite a savage toxicity to it behind the scenes, I guess, because I mean, what everyone sees from a model's perspective is the front cover, you know, the photo shoot. Oh my God, yeah. But then yeah. behind is, the scenes, this it's This is like, the thing, it's so unglamorous. Like, yeah. if you actually look, even just behind the model, you'll see like 10 clamps, like clamping the yeah, clothes yeah. together. Like something's holding up the hair in the back. Like it's, it's all very, and then there's like 10 lighting guys. It's like, it's yeah. like, so it isn't, 
it isn't really what it looks like. And when you think you see these models, you're like, oh my God, it fit, the clothes fit them so well. No, it's all sewn together. Sometimes they sew you in. Sometimes no. they clamp your thing in. And sometimes you're in shoes that are two sizes too big for you. So it's not, it really isn't. And I, I see all these catwalk shows now of girls falling over. And I'm like, people don't understand. When they, they have sample sizes for, for runway shows. So the clothes are sample size, the shoes are sample size. If you don't fit into the shoe, you don't walk. Like it's it's simple as that. Like, so cutthroat. Yeah, it's cutthroat. Yeah. So if they don't have a shoe your size, you've got to make it work. Like even if it's two sizes too small, and a lot of these models Squeezing. are five, ten, five, eleven, and so obviously when they get a shoe that's smaller, they normally have bigger feet. They can't fit into them. So when you know when you see them and they're like buckling, yeah, that's yeah. because their feet have gone numb, so they can't feel their feet anymore. Mm. So they fall over because their feet have gone numb. It's crazy. It's actually really savage. Not many industries that would kind of. I know, you know. You, and you really don't get paid that much for runway. Like you get a couple hundred per really? show. Yeah, like not even a lot. Um, obviously, when I was younger and I started doing campaigns, the campaigns were more. That's what's you profitable. You got paid a lot more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But nowadays, it's because private of social, school, doesn't it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I pay, oh god, I'm, that is one of my biggest regrets paying for that private school. Really? I'm just not an academic, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, I had a good time though. I had a great time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not really an academic. But yeah, no, like, I think you don't know all these sorts of, you see the glamorous side of modeling. And when I was younger, I saw my sister getting photographed and I saw, you know, all these models in the magazines. I thought, oh my gosh, they look so glamorous and that they were at all these events. But little do you know, you know, all the actual hard work that goes into creating the looks or wearing the dresses that you can't breathe in or wearing the shoes that are making your feet bleed, you mm. know, so. Okay, well, you mentioned catwalks. We've got to talk about the cats now. We are here. The catwalk, yeah. I know, literally, it was perfect. You, you, I Wait, you rattle up. it again so yeah, they can Yeah, I know, let's get, some, let's get some cats. Hey, guys. Look at their heads Look at all turned. Come on. Oh. So, yeah, we are here at Java Whiskers oh, in go. White City, uh, where they do this lovely little cat experience. And we've got loads of cats in here, which is really nice. But part of the thing that they do here is it's just hey, people guys. come because, A, they can't have a cat at home sometimes, oh, or yeah. because it's just, you know, a therapeutic thing. It they're hanging is. around animals. It's really nice. You know, they're so calm and lovely. Oh, and they sound cute when they're I know. And what I love about here as well is you're like, you can adopt the cats. And we were talking earlier that there might be a cat going home with you later. Oh, my God. <laughs> One or two, you know? <laughs> no, because I, I honestly, I love cats. I think they're such a sweet animal. I mean, I like all animals, actually. My friend, my best friend hates dogs. <laughs> really? And I don't understand it. She just doesn't like them. She doesn't hate them. She just doesn't like them. Um, there we go. Hello. And she used to live with a girlfriend who had a dog and she would keep the dog in the bed. What's your view on that? Do you keep your dog it's in the bed? It's a great question. I mean, dad, don't listen to this. Uh, he, he, likes, he, like, he likes to be under the covers. In my under the covers Because the he likes to snuggle. He's a, snuggle. He's a, he's a snuggler. But See, I, I she strictly sleeps downstairs, dad, I promise. Do you guys live together? No. Oh. But that's what I said, right? <laughs> part, of, part of the deal. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm like, I think um, he's very much part of my, like, my life in terms of my house now where I live, oh, okay. part of the family group, so, yeah. and he's lovely. Like, if I am out for the but day, they become like a part. He of hangs you. out with my my housemates, and he'll, if I'm not there, they'll take him out for a walk. Like the other day, I just moved in, and I was like, I'm actually going away for the night, and they were like, we'll look after him. 
And Aww. I literally just met these guys and it was so lovely. But Aww. I just think that's just something so endearing about animals, just being around them. I am so really that calming. person who goes to parties and then if I see a dog, You're I'm the like crazy sat dog on the floor with a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like on the floor, like lying down with them. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, let's talk about just there as well with in terms of the management and the modeling and stuff. Did you, I mean, you mentioned your sister Kate, but did you ever feel like you could reach out to somebody for advice and help in that regard? No. That's Honestly, so I felt very alone Isolated. in what I was doing, even though there was a lot of people around me and I had a lot of management and things like that. There wasn't anyone that I felt like I could be really honest with about like what mm. I was going through. And like, this is the thing, I didn't want to ever project like poor me, like, oh, like poor Lottie who gets loads of money and goes on all these fab photo shoots and flies first class. And you know, I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to tell anyone that I was struggling because I thought I was being selfish mm. and like I was taking it for granted. And my agency kind of made me feel like that. They would, they would sort of say things like, oh, you know, like so many people would die to do this. Like, you know, like I, they just could, they couldn't grasp why I was not obsessed with what I was doing. Um, but it, it, it was very, it was very different from how I thought it was going to be. And and it was a lot of traveling when I was very young and... It's tough as well, like not seeing your friends. Not, and I was 18 years old when I first properly started traveling. And, you know, I moved to London when I just finished school. And so that was when I first started traveling. And I was here, there, everywhere. I was in Japan, New York, Paris, Milan, London, LA. It was just like so... And I was barely home. And I was felt that I was missing out on so much. And I know that sounds silly because you know, you think, oh, like, when you're 18, like, all you're missing out on is going clubbing with your mm. friends. And I would see my friends going out clubbing. And I know it sounds silly, but I was 18, and I was like, I just want to be with my friends. I had a boyfriend at the time, and I really missed him. And I just, the whole industry as well is quite fake. So the people around me weren't really my friends. Yeah. They were people that were friendly with me because of my last name, because of the power that I had at that time, I was doing, you know, very high fashion brands such as like Bulgari. I was in the cover of Vogue when I was 18. I was in the cover of Elle. I was, I did pretty much every publication like when I, when I was that young and I did, yeah, all of these really amazing brands. And I think people just were nice to me because of that, but I'm quite a naive person. And like, if I'm nice to someone and like someone's nice to me, I, I think that it's because they like me. I don't, I never, when I was younger, thought, oh my God, like they obviously are just using me. And mm. I lived with a girl in London at the time. And even when we would sort of, you know, go out for drinks and things like that, and I'd meet someone and have a really nice chat, she'd be like, babe, you have to be careful of who the, because you, you don't know whether they actually like you or whether they actually are just being nice to you because of who you are. And I just had never grasped that. Like I always tried to be humble and down to earth and kind to people. And it, yeah, so. I started quite early on with like using drugs and alcohol as a crutch. It was like um, a coping mechanism. As a coping mechanism, which there is not a lack of in the fashion industry. Yeah, sure. Um, so there were people in positions of power that were giving me drugs and alcohol when I was very young. And so it didn't seem bad to me. Like it was never, you know, when I was younger, obviously my mum and dad, you know, my mum and dad have never done drugs really. So they would never, they never had that conversation with me really. That I grew up in quite a bit of a bubble where, you know, my mum and dad were amazing and they were still together. And, you know, I just never really had experienced drugs and like never spoke, I'd never really spoken about it, honestly. Like, you know, weed and things like that when I was really like 15, yeah, you know, yeah, but, yeah. and then 
you know, going to London, moving to London and being around a lot older people. My boyfriend at the time was 27. Um, and his, you know, the people that we were hanging around with did a lot of drugs. Um, as people of, you know, young, at a young age do. And I started realising quite early on, my relationship wasn't going very well with him and he was unfaithful and he was also dealing with his own problems in his life and he was also using drugs as a coping mechanism. And so I think I saw that and I kind of instilled it into my life because it was the only time that I felt I could be like free a little bit. Like when I was working constantly, I had to be like on my A game. And then, so when I got to come back to London or whatever and do drugs, I was like, yes. Mm. Like I get, this is, because it felt like freedom to me. Your escape. It felt like my escape. Mm. But it very quickly became something that I used because I was not happy. So did you become reliant? Very much so, Really? Yeah. So yeah. Did, was it like multiple times a week? And even when you were so Oh my God. When I was really young, it was five times a week. Really? It was constant, yeah. And like, I, I never could have been honest with myself back then that I was using it too much. And I don't feel that I had an addiction to it. I just liked that. I could escape from. I just needed and to get numbing, away. Numbing and it numbed on. every single feeling that I ha had of like anger or upset or whatever or loneliness or whatever. Mm. It was almost it became like a little bit like my friend. And it was like so and also when you have people sort of enabling you around you when you're like, I'm I'm talking high fashion events and people are like in a penthouse suite and it's people that work for a brand that is very well known and they're sat there doing drugs with you. Really? As a like 19 year old. Like that's so weird to me I now. Mean, in I what think industry, that, I mean it shouldn't happen in any industry. That should never happen The fact that it's in, in one that's so in the public sphere. And the fact that no one is like, this is maybe we shouldn't be like enabling our client to be doing drugs. <laughs> Sorry, it's so cute. Maybe we shouldn't be enabling our client to do drugs, you know? Like, we should want her to be on her A game and be doing her best and, yeah. like, be, you know, going, well, cut, like, you know, wake up in the morning, let's go to a gym class, all of us, or let's... Yeah, let's get her a let's, smoothie. Let's, let's go for breakfast, all of us, in the morning. Instead, it was so, you know, because it, a lot of these events are in the evening, so it was, like, mm. in the evenings, it was lots of alcohol, and it goes hand in hand, so... So when did it all come to a head then, in terms of when were you like... Because like you basically fell out of love with it and, and realised it wasn't for you. I just don't even know if I ever loved it. Mm. This is the thing. I think I had... I have grown up with being in the shadow of my sister always. And I know there's this whole Nepo baby thing now. And, like, I'm not trying to say that... Because I want to clarify this. I'm not trying to say that it's not a privilege. Mm. I'm not trying to say that... You know, I've obviously had doors open for me. Obviously, you know, and I have had some incredible experiences and I've worked with some amazing people and I've met some of my best friends today because of that job. But it was not for me. Like, and I, I being constantly compared to someone, whether they're famous or not, is a pain. And I'm sure I have <laughs> friends, you know, even that have very rich parents that consistently feel not good enough because their parents have created this incredible business or they're doing so well, and they just feel like I am never gonna be 
that, am I? Like, I'm never going to be uh, the owner of a multi-million dollar company. I'm never going to, or, you know, and it, it is hard. Like, pe these people will laugh about it and like, oh, Nepo baby, whatever. But it's hard being compared to someone, whether you're, it, and I don't get why it's just nepotism this happens to, because there's lots of rich people that this happens to as mm. well that aren't famous, you know, that have really rich parents. Doors open, even like looking at people in the city, like, Boris oh. Johnson. Like, yeah. let's, you know, the list can, you know what I mean? You can continue yeah, with the list yeah. of like how, how many people have had privileges from so, so many things, you know? But it's yeah. like, it doesn't necessarily mean your life is great. That's what, all I'm saying is it doesn't, just because you have a, a, a step up in life doesn't mean your life is amazing. Mm. But it, and that's what kind of happened. And I felt like, oh my God, I, I, sh I should be feeling like this is amazing because that's what everyone else around me is telling me that, oh my God, you're so lucky. Oh my God, you're so like, you look so beautiful and you have all of this. I was thinking, but why do I feel horrible on the inside? Mm. Why, don't, why don't I feel like how I look right now? Like I'm wearing these thousands of pounds outfits and I feel like I want to die, you know? Like, and it just was not making me happy. And I just think as well, because of my height, I'm not the typical height for a model. And I knew that and I felt like an imposter, like I felt like in, what's it called? Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like, I just felt like this life was not right for, I just was like- Just it was fake. I, it was fake. I was like, it didn't feel real to me that I was like going to all these events and I was mm. staying in the four seasons. I was like, what, I don't belong here. This is not me. Like I'm not a flashy person either. Like I don't care about really expensive things. And like, I never really cared. Like I know it sounds bad. Sorry, I never really cared about fashion. I was just like, okay, like people, oh my God, the new season, like of that. And I was like, okay, like it kind of looks the same to me as like the okay. last season one. Like I, I just didn't. I need to talk to you about this because there's something like, Sorry, when, no, 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 I love it. But something specific that you just mentioned there is, you know, when sometimes you just see people going mad about like a runway and they're like, oh my God, this is, this is revolutionary. Babe, I would say, is that, that is surely is fake. I'd sit at these runway shows and I was like, what am I missing? Like what? <laughs> I'm sorry, am I them, watching the same thing? <laughs> Are we watching the same thing? Some people... Not that I'm being really rude, because I know that they've worked hard and... But I honestly, half of them I zoned out for. Like, and I can appreciate artwork and I can appreciate hard work that these people put in. And you know what, the clothes are beautiful, but I don't... I'm not gonna... I don't see it as the other people see it. And I see people that are really interested in fashion. I saw... And I met so many people that were very interested in fashion. And I was like, it's not good for you. Because it is good for you for being interested in something and loving something like that. Mm. And I met so many incredible designers that are so hardworking, but it just, I didn't get it. And at that moment, I kind of was like, I should not be, I do, and that's why I felt I didn't deserve it as well. Because I was like, I shouldn't, if I'm not sitting here loving it, why am I here? Mm. Like, there are so many other more deserving people that love fashion, that would love to be at this runway show, that would love to be dressed in these clothes, that would love to be doing these shoots. And I just didn't really enjoy it, honestly. It's fair enough. I'm like, shoot me. But yeah, literally. <laughs> sue me, but like, Almost yeah, I didn't enjoy it. Like, and I think people struggle with that. Like, and I get lots of people, you know, now with that comments and things like, you know, oh, you know, you couldn't even do that and you're just, you know, you're doing OnlyFans now. And I'm like, no, I chose to do that. <laughs> I quit. I, I, have, I have a choice. Yeah, my, my old agency actually put out a statement saying that I got, I got fired from them. I have the Is receipts, that? I quit. <laughs> so if they want to try and challenge me on that one. But I, yeah, I quit. I quit. I uh, sent them mm. an email and I was just like, look, I'm just, it's not for me anymore. But like, I really appreciate everything they, they did for me and I had a you know, some great experiences. Yeah, I mean, so it's all a life lesson, right? It really is. Yeah. I mean, something that I want to talk about is tackling fame at a very young age. Yeah. Because obviously you started, as you say, at 15, 16, and then by 18, 
people know who you are, you're on the covers of yeah. things. And I, in my opinion, I, obviously I haven't experienced it, but at the age of 18, that's a very unnatural thing to get. I mean, all that I was attention. even younger when I think, I think I was 16 or 17 when I started doing shoots, but at a less of a level. So I've, I was flying out to certain places, but I was not um, missing school. So I was getting taken out. So when it was like holidays mm. or mm. a weekend or something. And I mean, I'd experienced fame from a really young age because I started with my sister. Mm. But I thought when I was really young, I remember my mum showing me a magazine. She's like, look, it's Kate. And I was like, I thought every, I really thought everyone had a sister in a magazine. I was like, okay, and? <laughs> well, was it's like, all cool. you ever know, right? Because she'd always showed me pictures of her in magazines and books and things. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I, I honestly really didn't get it when I was that young. And then as I got older and we were going to, you know, going out with her and things like that, going to like, you know, dinner and something. Then I saw the paparazzi. And back when I was very young, there was no social media. Mm. So the paparazzi was the only form of way you could ever see into a celebrity's life. So that when there was paparazzi back then, 200 of them. There was 30 paparazzi outside wow. waiting for her. Like it was... They would camp outside of her house. They would sit in vans, and they would sometimes they would climb into back it's garden. It's like harassment. It is. It is harassment. Yeah, and there was no boundaries with them. They would, and I remember being in her house, and I just sort of opened the window, and they would try and take pictures inside the windows and things like that. Like it was really invasive, invasive, mm. and really intense. So there wasn't as many rules back then with it, though. So it's changed now. But that was my first experience of fame, and I was like. I thought it was so cool. I yeah. was like, oh my God. But it's the, it's the age, like at that age, you're like, this is Oh great. my God, I was listening to like, when I grow up, I want to be famous. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so a pussycat doll. Like, I'm going to be famous <laughs> when I grow up. I'm going to be, and I thought it was going to be so awesome. And like, then experiencing it firsthand, I think also seeing what it did to my sister in a way, mm. like how it affected her, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's very difficult to deal with that. And I think seeing how difficult it was for her to deal with, then when I got a bit older and understood that, I was like, oh gosh, it actually is quite hard. Like, and I first started going out in London and there was paparazzi and at first I thought it was fun. And then there was times where they would follow me home and I was like, okay, yeah, goodbye now. <laughs> you know, and you're like, okay, I've had enough now. And, yeah. But there isn't enough, you know, there's never, you can't just go, I don't want this anymore. Mm, I'm, you I'm can't actually turn it on and turn it off. Because yeah, exactly. again, like you were saying, you're lucky to be in this position. You can't be like, exactly, it's difficult exactly. To... And that's why I've always, and I've really struggled ever asking for help or telling people that I'm struggling because I was shut down every single time, whether it was by people on social media, whether it's by, I'm, I'm in a position where I'm not allowed to complain about anything apparently. So it's like, and that's why I feel like I have, a very, um, I, I've had a very bad complex with sort of being a bit of a pushover in, in life with friends, with, you know, people around me. I'm just, a, I was a yes person for a really long time. Mm. I would pay for people's flights. I paid for my friend's rent. I paid for, I just, I would send people money, like two grand if they needed money for, you know, if they were struggling or something. Um, and then I had a friend steal money off of me, which was really difficult. And he stole like upwards of 10,000 pounds from me. I never got it back, never got an apology. Um, he felt that he deserved it. And that's for when being I was, your friend. For, 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 for doing me favors or, you know, just being my friend. Yeah, like, and things like that. And I just saw, and I saw his attitude when he would speak to people as well. There was a lot of red flags with him, but his sort of attitude when we would walk in a restaurant, he'd be like, 
oh, why isn't table ready yet? And I was, I've never been that person. I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'll wait in the queue. Like, yeah. I don't mind. I'm not like, I'm not famous. Like, you walk I'm, into the room and I'm not it, it Kim Kardashian. Demand attention. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, demand I, it. Sorry, I would not. say to him as well, I, we're not like A-list celebrities yeah. here, all right? Like, Tom Cruise. Yeah, do you know what I, yeah, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, if I was with Tom Cruise, I'd be like, right, we need to get this man a table, <laughs> you know? But, but, but I was like, we're at the Bluebird Cafe in Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, I, I think we're okay. We're not going to get swarmed. <laughs> There's going to be a table. Yeah. There's going to be a table ready in five minutes. <laughs> but I also, like, I just, I've always been polite to servers. And I've always been polite to people. And I attracted a lot of negative energy from becoming, from doing drugs and drinking a lot of alcohol and partying a lot. I attract a lot of negative energy and I started to feel very negative about myself. So then you attract people that feel very negatively about themselves. Mm. And those people can sometimes be the worst human beings ever to exist. Um, so I've really struggled with like a lot of friendships and things like that, so yeah. So when was the first time that you felt comfortable reaching out and what was it? Do you remember that? God, like actually looking honestly, for help? the first time I properly reached out for help was when I went to rehab a year ago. Really? So, that so that's how on. long it took, yeah. So have you been tackling this in my, internally? In my mind and internally, I've been tackling feeling not good enough, not pretty enough, not a model, but then should be doing better than OnlyFans. But then, you know, and it was just any, I could ne I felt like I could never do anything right. Like when I was doing modeling, I had tons of comments of people saying, oh, you don't deserve this. You know, you're never going to be Kate. You're not, you give up, you know, you're not. And then, and then I thought, and I started to believe it because you do, you, when you, people are telling you this mm. and you start, I felt already not good enough about myself and not deserving of it. And then I started doing something I really enjoyed, which is OnlyFans. Oh no, you should go back to doing modeling because I was like, how can I win then? What do you want me to do? What yeah. do you want me to do? Do you want me to just give up on life? Do you want me to just lie down on the floor and let a bus hit me? Like, I don't get what you, what they want from me. Like, and I just, I, I, I didn't deal with that hate very well either. And I was, you know, in a, I was in a place where I was very up in the air. I was in Los Angeles and yeah. I was being a little bit manipulated by the person that had got me to be a part of, because I was part of another company before I was part of OnlyFans that did the same thing as OnlyFans. A little bit manipulated by him. And I, because I had sort of said oh, to my friend, oh, I, I, I like this sort of OnlyFans. And oh my God, you have to do it. Oh, you know, we'll shoot together. It seemed all very romanticized. So I started doing it and it, yeah, it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be at first, but now I've really found my way with it. Do you think you are easily manipulated? Mm-hmm. And what, what, like, and why do you think that? Do you think it's because you're a people pleaser? I'm a massive people yeah. pleaser. And when I was younger and I was doing modeling with my agents, when they would tell me to do something, I did it. I would do it. I didn't, it was, if they said, mm, I'm not really feeling your boyfriend right now, like mm, maybe not. So I was like, okay, I'll kind of have to get rid of him. And <laughs> or like, don't change your hair. So get you're a encouraged trainer. to make these decisions. So I was, everything that they said to me, I had to listen to. So mm. I just felt like, and, and if I didn't, I was made to feel very small and humiliated. And I felt embarrassed for being me. Like, I didn't really care, because I didn't really care about the fashion stuff. I would just wear the clothes that I like to wear. And I remember going to like a Tesco's once I was wearing a, oh, you know, when you go to Tesco, around the corner shop, I was just <laughs> wearing a crappy outfit. And I got paparazzi'd and they were like, right, next time you go to the shop, you have to be styled by your stylist. Who, by the way, was like expensive as well. So yeah. it's like, that's no point. Like, what, who cares? To, for me to go pick that up. I had to look good all the time, even when I'm going to the shop, is exhausting. Like, you know, 
I, I felt like I maybe missed out a little bit on those teenage years of being just like free and messing up without judgment as mm. well. Like, you know, most of the people my age when I was 18, 19 were going out four, five times a week or so. Mm. They were at university, they were drinking every day, they were like, you know, experience everything for the first time. And I was experiencing it too, but I was in the spotlight. So I got heavily judged for what I was doing. Mm. Um, so that was very difficult. I, can't, I actually can't imagine what it's like. But when you were internalizing those, like the, your mental health basically, what, your, your coping mechanisms were drugs and alcohol, but did you ever think, actually, do you know what, I do need to, do I need to go f do exercise? Do I need to do breathing exercises? Well, do I need to do, with you know it. what I mean? So, I, when I first moved to lunch, I got a personal trainer and I was doing, I, I honestly, I did very well with him at the beginning. I'm a very, I like fitness, I really enjoy it. And we were working out four or five times a week, actually, at this point. And then I met my boyfriend at the time, and he liked going out. So then I kind of traded that in for the going out. Because yeah. I, can, I can do it where I just work out and don't drink, or I can do it where I just go out, you know? Yeah. So I think I'm very much, like, all in for whatever I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if I do something, I do it to the ground. Like... Yeah. Um, you get obsessed really quick. Very yeah, obsessed. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Really obsessed with it. And so I needed something to like focus on, but also at the time I was struggling with a lot and I just didn't feel the exercise was like doing it for me. Mm. Um, so yeah, but, I st but this is the thing, I quite well at the beginning managed to balance going out and working out as so well. So contr control's been an issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's either... I'm going to do this at an extreme or this at an extreme and there's not quite the equilibrium and balance but I mean we'll talk about it in a bit but you've got to a point where you're now not drinking and I bet that that's giving you balance. Right? I mean I'm it's only difficult. 12 days sober though. Hey, but it's 12 days better than you were. 12 days better than I was before. So you've yeah. always got to think positively about it right? Exactly and you know as I've gotten older I am much better at managing it you yeah. know and I can go for a few drinks and here and there and things like that without having to take it to the next level but it's not worth it for me anymore. The feeling that I feel when I drink alcohol mm. or when I take drugs, I mean, it, it sets, doesn't you, make, sets you back it enormously. Sets me back, and it makes my mind foggy, and I don't think clearly. And I want to be the best version of myself now, and I feel that I deserve it. Okay, I do want to talk to you about tattoos. Ah, yeah. Because it's obviously your favourite topic of conversation. I mean, I love tattoos. I know, but you love Too it. Too much. But in terms of um, when you were modelling, did you get told, "Don't get that"? Not, yeah, d yeah, so they told me not to get, like, tattoos when I was there, obviously, because, you know, yeah. that obviously ruins the vibe. But that was <laughs> when I was quite young. And I think the more I rebelled, the more I was like, here we go. I'm mm. going to really piss them off. And I coloured my hair pink at one point. They hated it. I liked that. I liked that, I really that vibe too. pink hair. I think I, I'm, temp I might, I'm thinking this might be my bad boy summer. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Oh, yeah. my God, I love it. Bleach it and pink in it, love. Done. That's the hottest thing for, for a girl's. We love that. Well, I love that. So, <laughs> not going to speak for everyone. But I know a lot of girls love like bleach blonde and bleach like yeah, yeah, pink yeah. hair and things like that. Um, but yeah, tattoos. So I got my first. This was my first one. Okay. Cute. I wanted to see if it hurt or not. Yeah. And then. And and you're like, and oh no, whoops. Got more and more and more. <laughs> That's neat. Here more, we are. I got more when I sort of quit. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I had yeah. a few here and there. But like, what's the latest like, one? The one on my face. Oh, God. Here comes the barley story. No. Oh, yeah, um, the barley story. Right, no, we know, everyone knows what's happened because it's well documented. Yeah. What's going on now? 
Like, how do you feel about it? Are you going to like it or are you like... I'm getting to it get... removed later today. Today? Actually, yes. Exclusive. Exclusive, oh my God. yeah. Really? So I'm getting it removed today. So my question, this is naivety for you. Like, I don't have any tattoos because I'm acting out as well and I just, that just stresses me out. But I, is it once you go or does it take like six goes to when you go for removals? I don't know. It takes as long as it takes. Oh, it really? Is, it's one it's of those, just so ongoing. It just depends on how thick the tattoo is, how... Uh, larger it is yeah. how deep it, they've gone into penetrated your skin. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed, this one doesn't. Yeah. So I have to numb my face oh, before I, I go. I'm hurt. really nervous, but I'm going to get a couple others. So I've got my ex's initials here that needs to go, and then. <laughs> Funny that. Made some good decisions. I <laughs> um, Let me guess. Were you sober as well? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, and then I have one here as well that's had about four or five sessions. It just needs a few more as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So you mentioned um, going to rehab last yes. year. So, I mean, I think the common mis misconception with rehab is it's a place for addicts and addiction. Whereas I, yeah. from A, from what I've heard I from went, listening to you, it's about I healing. Went for, I went for depression. Yeah. And that was my problem. I was severely depressed and I used drugs and alcohol as a crutch. If, like I even spoke to the people at my rehab. They said, you don't show this sort of signs of like an addict. Because I've never really tried any other drugs. Like I, mm. I only have really had one that I was really doing, and I just never really even wanted to try any others or anything. So, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that for me. I just needed, I needed something for myself. Like I needed just to have that, you know. And it sounds really strange when I talk about it, but yeah, it was just that was just how it was. Well, what was that experience like? Because you were there twenty eight days, right? Twenty eight days. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been on a... It doesn't happen. I've been lucky enough to go on a three-week holiday, and that felt long. But four yeah. weeks in rehab. Well, do you know what? Four weeks isn't actually that long in rehab. I had the best time. Yeah. I loved it. And it was... The people around me were so supportive. Baybury Clinic, if anyone... Just going to plug them, because they're great. And, That's nice. Um, I went to a private one as well, so I was in a group of... There was only three of us living in this house. They also have a larger group rehab as well. But I just wanted a private, because I wanted to talk privately with one... And are you still counselor. friends with those... The people that you were in rehab with? So one of the girls who I was in rehab with has just had a baby. I think she's pregnant or she's having a baby, yeah. Sweet. So that's good. But they were there for stress and burnout, the other two people. So they actually, you can go for it if you're just having a hard mm. time. It's just a support system. What about your relationship now with yourself then in terms of self-worth? Do you, do you like value yourself much more now? Do you like so You look at yourself more. in the mirror and go, actually, do you know what? I can be... Lottie Moss myself, not what the I'm one doing, I was being told to be. What I'm doing, my affirmations in the morning. Yeah. I, yeah, I have good people around me now that make me feel happy about who I am and put, pull me, you know, they pull me up and they make me feel good and they make me laugh and I think that's the recipe to it. It's just being around good people. So you, you are who you surround yourself with massively mm. and believing in myself because, like, I, I'm awesome. Like, and I have to remember that. Like, yeah. I'm a really cool, nice, kind good person and like I just have to keep you know instilling that and you just yeah. have to keep instilling those yeah. thoughts into your brain of like positivity and you've got to remember as well everything that has happened is actually a part of the, the learning the process learning and you shouldn't you know, I wouldn't have it. had it any different yeah don't regret it because you're not going to achieve anything you can't change it exactly no I'm glad I went through Which it is as as cliche, at a young age especially and I'm glad I'm moving into this stage in my life in a happier more positive direction yeah so. definitely and okay that's relationship with yourself let's talk about relationships in general which of course you have such a wonderful experience. Well, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, I've got to go. <laughs> what, 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 what's your current situ? My current situ is I am single. What happened to 
my boyfriend. Yeah. We broke up. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Was that tough? Because oh, it was long distance, right? It was long distance. And that it was is, just I mean, too difficult for me. Yeah, right. Um, he was happy to give it a go, and I just was not feeling doing that. I just was like, it's too difficult. And he, we'd already spoken about it, and he'd already said that he was not up for moving here or to, you know, I was planning on moving to Los Angeles at the time, mm. and he didn't want to move there either. And I don't want to live in Perth. So yeah. it was kind of like, where is this going? You know, sure, like, sure. so he was lovely and we still talk and he's great. But yeah, I'm single now and ready to mingle. Would you say that you're kind of the person that you've attracted has changed? Because oh. like you, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's you used to so attract the bad boy. It's so from it. Um, I was at the beginning, I was attracting sewer rats. Yeah. And then now I'm attracting really good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're not feeling good about yourself, People see that and they they go, well, they go, if she doesn't feel good about herself, why do I have to feel good about her? Why do I have to treat mm. her nice if she doesn't treat herself well, you know? Mm. So you attract that kind of guy. So I was attracting the worst of the worst, truly the worst. Guy. I, the stories I have, I won't bore you with them, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I could write a book, honestly. Um, <laughs> start a podcast. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so but, but definitely now I I treat myself better and I'm I'm much more attractive now because I sure. because I'm not like going out and getting wasted and like you know yeah. I you're people, sophisticated people you're a businesswoman vibing me like I was yeah. out the other night I was like oh my god I'm I'm great <laughs> I just had never had that before I felt so self conscious before when I went out and saw people and met guys and now I'm like damn bitch in relationships I want to talk about OnlyFans in a relationship. Because I spoke with uh, Megan Barton Hansen oh about God, I it, love her. and she was basically like, "Oh, they think it's the best thing since sliced bread when you're in the relationship. But as soon as there's an argument, they'll use it against you and go, who wants to be with someone who's on it?' And it's just, it's a very you know interesting actually, thing. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? As well, like I think guys, they, they, men romanticize this whole thing of like a porn star or a woman that does adult content. They're like, oh, so fucking hot, but they are far too insecure." to be with someone that's in that industry. Mm. And that's all it is. It's not anything to do with the women doing it. And it's nothing to do with, they say, oh no, I just don't want my girl to be. No, it is, you're not secure enough. Yeah. That's all don't you have to do. Don't project it. When a guy says to me, like, I would never date a girl. I'm like, all you had to say was that you're insecure. That's all you had to say. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't date me, that's cool. But like, I would never date you either. Like, yeah. <laughs> they do, they, this is the thing sometimes with these men as well. They make up a scenario in their head and it's like, they're like, I would never. And I'm like, babes, you're talking, it's not going to happen. Like, it was never going to happen, babe. Like, mm. they're making up scenarios. Yeah, no, you're Crazy. absolutely right. Um, what, what's kind of next for you then? Are, we, are you just it's surviving and thriving in just like the best place at the moment? Yeah, I'm doing really good at the yeah. moment. I'm in a really good place. I'm, I've got, you know, amazing friends around me. I'm feeling really positive about the future. I've got great things lined up. Got Amazing. something really exciting coming up. I Have can't you? say anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> really exciting. That's great. Um, all I can say is I may be on your screens soon. Lottie Moss actor. See me like. That's super so, exciting. Yeah, super exciting, and yeah, just really excited for the future. So. That's superb. Okay, the one question that I ask every guest that comes on is, what does the word headstrong mean to you? Headstrong. It means confidence. It means positivity. I think it just, yeah, I think just confidence. Being headstrong is being confident about who you are, where you are, what you're doing, and just being happy about where you're going in life. Yeah. Nice, I agree. Thank you so much for Thank coming. I really appreciate it. Let's get some more kiddies over here. Um, yeah. And yeah, well, best of luck with everything. Thank you so much.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.